I'm Tony Lockwood, founder of Thompson Wright Partners, and I'm delighted to welcome you to the latest episode of Inside Track, where I discuss business transformation journeys with leading figures in industry. Unfortunately, projects sometimes go wrong. And at that time, um, challenges exist, uh, conflicts are created, and um, third parties are often introduced into the process to try to resolve the conflict. Uh, my guest today, Richard Kerr, is one of those people, a lawyer uh, by background. He has had extensive experience of um, resolving conflict in transformation programs, uh, many around technology programs, um, but his lessons and his uh, experiences applicable to all change initiatives. So I'm delighted to welcome Richard to the podcast today. Thanks, Richard, uh, for joining us today. Um, uh, I think when we met um, a couple of weeks ago, um, I, I sort of realised straight away that you had a really interesting background um, that obviously influences uh, your approach to delivering change and transformation. Um, so, you know, let's start by just, you know, giving the listeners a, a bit, bit of a, uh, a, a little bit more about that background. Sure. Thanks, Tony. Yeah. Um, so I've got a, a, a a background, it began with law and then moved into technology. And uh, then about 20 years ago, I uh, joined an organization who uh, were bringing technology and law together, but uh, very much in the dispute space and the contention space. And, um, and that's primarily because they worked as expert witnesses. And uh, what an expert witness does is he, he goes in, uh, he, she goes in to evaluate uh, a particular situation um, from a technical perspective in order to, to give an opinion. Um, to generally the court or to the lawyers and to help generally the, the, the judges understand um, the extent to which, uh, from a practical perspective, people were delivering um, what they should have. Yeah. And, uh, and really from, from there, um, a lot of the stuff I did was, was just getting involved in the messy end of the business, uh, primarily technology, uh, primarily outsourcing, um, primarily when things just hadn't gone particularly well. And... Um, the, the, the dispute stuff was 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 okay, and uh, what I, uh, but what I noticed really was that it was always the same causal factors, or very often the same causal factors. The uh, the, the, the manifestation of the problems uh, differed a little bit, but it's the same causal factors. And so, yeah. uh, uh, what I found was that I, I used to get called into review situations, and those reviews happened began to happen earlier and earlier and earlier in the life cycle, and um, and through a, a, a quite a long period of root cause analysis, I started to create. Um, sort of systems and frameworks which would um, uh, just systematically remove the root causal factors of failure. And that, that spans uh, people factors, uh, technology factors, commercial factors, uh, legal factors, uh, and of course uh, change and transformational change uh, factors as well. So um, so yeah, I guess really uh, just to sum it all up, maybe the last 20, 25 years, I've probably reviewed in excess of 250 uh, matters uh, and advised probably on the same uh, same number, um, and uh, and and really, it's uh, my my major desire is to try and see serious improvements to the levels of success in major transformational projects. Yes, and, and that's the interesting part then, because then you've segued into being instrumental in delivering those change and transformations, and uh, and helping organisations set up things in the right way so that they don't fall foul of, of, of some of the challenges that you've experienced in, uh, with, with some of the in your earlier career, shall we say. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And, uh, and really, if, if, um, what I found is uh, 
it's about getting an getting an early sighting of, of all the factors and how they interrelate. Yeah, very often uh, these these things are thought of in in silos. So uh, the lawyers will be in one silo, and the commercial managers in another, and the procurement people in another, uh, the techies in another, the delivery people in another, and then the transformational uh, guys uh, just trying to uh, be the conductor of all these uh, different elements uh, and more besides. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, but some of these, of course, uh, uh, each each of these factors has a number of kind of um, fairly uh, deep uh, deep roots, and really is a case of understanding how they all kind of uh, interrelate and interoperate. Um, and once that understanding uh, takes place, um, then it's so much easier to construct uh, a very holistic approach to the transformational journey, uh, which which not just articulates uh, where things are now and, and what the future operating model needs to be. But it also ensures that you've got a very strong bridge um, whereby the, the whereby everybody can reverse uh, from A to B. No, absolutely, and, and, and I think that's it. that's critical, isn't it? Especially, you know, I know, I know um, one of the things that we spoke about previously was that a lot of the work that you've done within technology-enabled businesses or technology-enabled change and transformation. Um, but it's apparent in everything because more, more often than not, there's third parties involved and there's contracts involved with those third parties. And, and it's getting everyone aligned, isn't it? And understanding, as you say, that vision of where we're trying to get to. Um, and, uh, and, and all too often, as you've, as you've just said, those are um, almost little um, individual teams operating in a silo, doing their little bit in the process without understanding the end to end elements and, and and that's where things very often go wrong indeed absolutely and um it and really the the uh, getting people aligned and agreed is is just uh, to me the, the single biggest uh, factor and so you know it commences of course with the vision and 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 the objectives and the outcomes that everyone's seeking to achieve um and getting the internal team um, to be to be fully uh, aligned uh, across all the uh, executive and other stakeholders, uh, which, uh, uh, as we all know, is much easier said than done, Tony. But I um, mean, the uh, but starting off with that, um, and then once that element has been aligned and agreed, and people are aware of what it is that they're seeking to achieve and why they're seeking to achieve it, um, often what I found is there's an understanding really of where 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 we are now, where we'd like to get to, but it's it's how we get there uh, cohesively is the bit that, that takes some figuring out. Um, and as you've said, uh, generally speaking, the, the capability doesn't reside within the organization. They need to reach outside for a whole bunch of new skills, whether that's to resource the PMO or, or internal teams yeah. or what have you. Um, but more often than not, particularly when it comes to technology, et cetera, you're gonna to have to be buying new platforms, new products. Uh, you'll have an entire legacy ecosystem of contracts and suppliers, et cetera. Um, and so it, it, it's a case really of, of, of understanding maybe the enterprise architecture from a technology perspective, but also from a, from a contractual ecosystem perspective yeah. uh, and understanding where are we now, where are we gonna to get to and what particular, uh, what, and what mechanically must we do to exit or, 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 or and, and maintain business as usual and seamless transition as we move from point A to point B. Um, yeah. And part of that requires a great deal of kind of stakeholder management because very often it's quite difficult to put contracts, if you will, around this stuff to make people behave well together. Yeah. Uh, it requires a bit more than that. Um, um, but equally, for all the new providers, it's about helping them to understand what your journey is and where you're seeking to, to get to. And very often, 
that just is not articulated particularly well because a, a common tendering stroke procurement style process is slap some stuff down on paper, chuck it out to the market. The market, generally speaking, won't have a chance to dialogue very well with the buyer, so they'll have to interpret yeah. the requirement. Um, they'll say yes to everything because they know that if they don't, they won't win the business. Um, and then uh, and then it's a, a matter of interpretation, ambiguity, and the usual fun and games that people have, find themselves in these kind of conversations later on. Um, it doesn't have to be that way, I think, is my resounding message. There, there, there is a way of going about these particular phases whereby you can actually structure your market engagement in such a way uh, whereby the entire thing is designed, um, whereby the buyer is saying to the market, look, we think we might know how we get there, but we understand that this is your expertise in your space. And what we're actually looking for is for you to bring your smarts to help us to understand, you know, have we articulated our requirements in the right way? Are they just daft? Can you improve upon them? Yeah. You know, is that a silly way? Yeah. Here's our outcome. How can you help us to get to our outcome? And then, and then contracting on that basis. Yeah, I, well, I was going to say, I think that that's the key, isn't it? It's all too often, you know, I've been involved in, in programmes over many years where, yeah, we, we, we've used uh, external consultancies, we've, we've used technology businesses, partners, outsourcing organisations, the whole rate, the whole gambit, really. <clears throat> but as you say, all too often, um, when they've, uh, when the organisation's gone through the procurement process up front, they probably have got very, very little knowledge about what it's going to look like moving forward. You know, that clarity of vision isn't there. And it's certainly not, even if it, even if it is shared amongst, it tends to be shared amongst a very small group of senior people or senior, senior stakeholders, um, but not necessarily shared with the procurement function that's going out trying to engage these external parties. Um, and it's only when you get those uh, parties through on a contract that's generally kept quite loose in, in, in terms of scope, but quite tight in terms of liabilities from, a, from an organisation perspective, that um, um, the clarity starts to come through as you, as you work through the process. And, but then you're in this situation where the, 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 the partner's saying, well, actually, that's not what we've contracted to. Or it's, we haven't got, the, haven't got the right framework, so we're having to go back and renegotiate. And, and then you end up getting division or conflict and, and at the worst possible time in a programme. So uh, yeah. I'm interested just to understand a little bit more about those, um, uh, what can organisations do or what do the good organisations do? to ensure that that is a much more of a seamless process up front. Yeah. Um, well, the, in terms of steps, uh, Tony, I mean, the, 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 first, the first step is really understanding, as you've said, internally what, uh, what, what, what they're seeking to achieve um, and finding a way to cross-pollinate that, uh, not just amongst the top exec, but, 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 but down to the procurement people and, and, and those in between. Because as of course we know with any with any transformational change the sooner we can get some engagement of, of, of multiple different parties uh the, the better it is i found that command and control uh, and keeping people in the dark doesn't work particularly uh uh well um so that's the first thing having some clarity as to what the outcomes are that are seeking to achieve now from there i think the second thing is just a, a maturity and understanding that even if we do know precisely what our requirements are today the only thing we can be certain of is that they're going to change and um and so having the flexibility around that change is going to be very, very important. And so if you've got something very tightly coupled, it doesn't change very easily. If you've got something loosely coupled, it does. Um, but, 
but each of them require governance of their own of, of their own nature. And what I found to be by far the most effective way is to is to start off with with a fairly loose structure as you go to market. Um, you've, you've given some very significant thought as the type of partner that you're looking for. Um, if you know exactly what you want, then you're you're literally looking to direct people. You're looking for bums on seat contract, basically. Uh, get the get the team and then tell them what to do. And sometimes that's really effective. Uh, other times the organisation might be look. Uh, a classic example is during the last austerity round. You know, councils were told you've got to slash your costs by thirty percent, and a council would say, "Well, I've no idea how to do that." And one council just went out to tender saying, "We've got to slash our costs by thirty percent. We're looking for a transformational partner that will help us do that." Uh, we don't care how you do it. That's the outcome we need to achieve. And essentially, that's a very incredibly loosely coupled uh, contract. Um, what I found is something kind of uh, in 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 the middle, uh, whereby. Um, it's all to do with how the business currently operates and how the business wishes to operate in the future. And then finding out early uh, via a gap analysis uh, and discussion and dialogue um, as to uh, what things are achievable, what things aren't achievable, and what things are achievable in a different way to that in which we, we originally envis envisaged. The outcome being that um, at the end of that, you'll have a, a well, uh, you'll, have, you'll have something that's been arrived at with the market on a mutually agreed basis, um, and it's going to be reflective uh, of the solution that, that's required, but also the steps to achieving that solution and also the resourcing requirements and roles and responsibilities and what have you um, uh, around all of that. Uh, the products and the platforms, obviously all the license and gubbings and like that, but most importantly as well, I think a commercially incentivizing structure, which ensures that all the teams are focused on the same goal and are rewarded accordingly. Um, and, uh, and, and then, uh, and then a, a whatever the suitable governance structure is around that. Um, Within that mix is having a really clued up sponsor and um, proper executive involvement, encouragement, um, and also very good delegated authority and decision making uh, understood going down the levels uh, in order that decision making can be done quickly um, in, uh, without having to keep going back up the, uh, up the chain. There's an analogy which I, I read uh, from the Standish Group uh, and that, that summed up uh, the importance of decision making really wonderfully. But let's take a, a project that has a thousand decision points. Um, Project one has uh, every decision requires 22 people sat around a table. Uh, it takes six hours each decision. And then uh, once the decision made, 50% of them are overturned before the week is out. Yeah. Uh, versus another one, which has a, 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 a mature, emotionally mature team of six people. Uh, they take one hour uh, to make a decision uh, and, and uh, none of them are overturned. Uh, the first project, you know, 22 hours times six people, uh, six hours times a thousand decision points, with 50% being reversed. As you can see, that project will never ever get completed and it'll be a very frustrating one to be in. Uh, the second one, um, fast decision uh, tempo. Some of those decisions will be wrong um, because they've been taken quickly. However, the, the next part is having the maturity to say, okay, we're happy to make a mistake as long as we don't brush it on the carpet we'll, we'll, because we'll, we'll get to our end outcome that much quicker. And so essentially, how do you do it? Um, you, you do it by architecting things in such a way whereby you're, you're, you're really putting in things which are going to incentivize the, 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 the executive stakeholders from both organizations to, to get aligned in terms of vision and strategy, to get aligned in terms of commercial matters, whereby it's going to be a win-win and preferably a win-win-win relationship, you know, a long-term win yeah. for both parties. Um, and then getting the executives to empower their teams underneath them, uh, getting the, the, the teams uh, whereby they're empowered and engaged and enthused. Uh, and not afraid to make mistakes and, and to take decisions. And then f finally feeding into the business, the clients, the customers, and the, the legacy providers and the new providers, uh, the good governance comes 
and, uh, and, and elements which will really help them to take that journey and keep them aware of what's going on and engage them what's going on and then help them by training them and transitioning them and flowering them hopefully into the transformation as things go by. So, uh, you know, a lot of different factors, but no, absolutely. more than the right tension is the key. Every project yeah. will be different. Understanding the factors and then understanding the tensions will be, will, is, is the key to it. Yeah, but, but I think the, the, one of the key things that you've said, and you've said it so many times already, <clears throat> is um, having clarity about the outcomes. And, and um, you haven't said outputs, you've said outcomes. And, yes. and I, always, I always remember going back to the very first of these podcasts. With, uh, with Christoph and, and he, he, he emphasised the need to focus on outcomes, not outputs. But all too often, in my, in my experience, um, when you are putting a contract together or a commercial arrangement together, um, the procurement, the legal, in, in fact, some of the senior people within organisations want it to be really, really clearly defined on out, out, outputs rather than outcomes because outputs are probably a lot easier to measure and, whether, and give the tick on whether it's been achieved or not than outcomes that can be, um, 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 can, can be as you said, can change and, and, and can be adapted. But what's, what's, what's been your experience of that where, you know, almost I totally agree with, with the approach that you, you suggested being the right approach, but how have you uh, found organisations, procurement, senior members you know the legal fraternity within the organization how have you felt how have you found they have adapted to to, to that, that that approach um i think it's i think it's safe to say i mean if we if we go through each particular lens you know the the the, the, the legal guys and um you know they, they are trained very well trained risk managers and um and it's un, and really, to, in my experience, the really, really good ones um, have uh, have a bifold lens around risk. The, the, the first is protecting the client that that, that they are going to get whatever it is that someone said yeah. they were going to give them. Um, but the second is understanding um, growing the pie. You want to uh, is an expression, and and essentially. You know, it's it's like not, not only is the, the the protection element, you know, that's a given. You've got to have a safety net if someone just doesn't step up and deliver. You've got to find that. You've got yeah. to have the remedies in place to be able to get people to do what they need to do. Um, but the much bigger, more inspirational part of it is, okay, if we deliver this, then what's it, what's in it for everybody? You know, what's yeah. the overarching why to all of this, and and what might that then blossom into? And then that that's a much a much more hearty sort of conversation. And so, in a way. Um, from the legal side of it that's a good starting point to try and help uh, help that in place we'll never ever get away from the fact that uh, uh, a good strong contract is very well defined uh, an agreement to agree which is you know we'll sort this out later yeah. that that is not a contractually binding provision whatsoever it's just gloss and yeah. and so you know having certainty and clarity and commitment and confidence of everything is the ideal kind of nirvana, I guess, for, 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 for from a legal perspective, and, and probably from a value organisation, and, and and from a, a, a provider as well. Yeah, um, having that clarity is just amazing. Um, uh, 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 but for that, uh, just with the maturity to understand, it will change. You know, stuff will happen, and we just need to be flexible as to how this thing will embrace change. Uh, not just people change, but also sort of technical change, contractual change, commercial change, etc. 
and how good provisions around that, um, uh, around actually contracting for outcomes. That is quite a tricky one, and you've got to be quite, um, you've got to adapt that and bespoke that to the matter in hand. What I found works best, Tony, is, is um, it starts with why, you know, get the biggest outcomes understood at the outset, because we always need to be sense checking, okay, fine, we've delivered these outputs, but in terms of actually why, are we still on track for this or have we lost our way because we're just in the, in the detail over here? And so, you know, the, the why, by, why by way of vision, the why by way of objectives, and then cascading down into things like uh, the business process or the management information required or, or the customer experience or whatever the driver is for that. And, and there will be, uh, you know, lag indicators and lead indicators, which, you know, and, and, and various elements like this. Now, I find personally that if you can leave the contract down early-ish, well, you're not trying to constrain people into what the contract provisions are gonna be, but you just get a, a discussion going whereby the parties have a meeting of the minds, whereby one party is confident they can deliver what they're committing to, and the other party is confident that that's actually gonna fit the bill. And when they, when, when they have that comfort, at that point, you can enshrine it with contractual elements around it. Now, that, people, is a no-brainer. It's, 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 it's easier said than done, don't get me wrong. But in a way, everyone can then see, right, good, we're committing whatever it is, millions of pounds or whatever to this initiative, but we've got some certainty of outcome and we've also got an aligned supplier, provider, partner, whatever we'd like to say, uh, team, who are all confident they can actually deliver it. And we've got in place the behavioral and the people and the change and the technical and delivery, et cetera, factors in place, which are all pointing in a way whereby we can see this thing is on course or, um, we've got good ways to readjust the course if, uh, if, if it goes slightly wonky. Um, and and, and uh, you are right, Tony, it does require quite a, it does require a, a, a slight change in perspective because not many people do it this way. Um, but those that do do it this way experience uh, vastly improved results for obvious reasons. Yeah, I think it's, it's a maturity factor, isn't it? I think um, you probably have needed to have gone through some of the pain of getting it wrong yeah. to, to almost have, um, I was going to say bravery, that's the wrong term, but you know what I mean, that sort of be prepared to go through that exercise up front, because that could take some time absolutely, and, 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 and often will take a lot of time to get people aligned, to get people understanding how this this will work in, in, in signing up to it but on, on, on all sides of, 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 of the equation. Yeah. Um, but it's time, it's investment, um, in, in, and, and that investment will reap its rewards moving forward. But all too often, you're, you're running to get the project kicked off and to get the project started. Yeah. And, 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 you, and you don't spend enough time really getting all the ducks in a row. Yeah. Um, and um, it's, I, I suppose, yeah, I think it's probably you need to have got some, some, some pain from doing it that way before you maybe have the, uh, um, um, may, maybe have the bravery to, to, to really enforce that upfront piece of work that we've been talking about. Yeah. Well, I mean, what I've, uh, you know, you're exactly right, Tony. And, and, um, and you know, the, 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 as we know, the, the road is littered with with that pain, you know, uh, because the vast majority of them do do experience snags or problems or, or fail fail completely at a huge cost. And uh, you know, no doubt there'll be an awful lot of press given 
uh, to the amount of money which has been spent on 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 apps during the the, the COVID, for instance, and, and there's a, a lot of money has gone has, has been thrown at, at that. Um, and really, what I what what I'd be um, always keen to ensure is to really understand what the drivers are of the organization and how quickly they need to get somewhere. Um, you know, if we take the three largest elements, uh, leaving aside people, the, the three largest elements of, of legal and commercial and technology and solution and delivery and governance, those, those three elements, you know, yeah. legal, commercial, uh, delivery and governance and uh, technology and solution. Um, sometimes the only important thing is that you've got to get this thing done very, very quickly. You know, at that point, the focus really, we might as well leave legal and commercial behind a little bit because actually we've, our focus has got to be on solution and how quickly we can get there and just how do we prove that this has been effective. At that point, it's a case of just reaching into the other lessons learned, which is, okay, well, in order to deliver a project really quickly and really effectively, what's the global benchmark? What's all the global lessons learned that, that, that can give us? You know, we can have as many lessons learned ourselves from all of our experience, but reaching out for global stuff as well is really important. It's kind of, okay, fine. Well, um, a, a team size of this shape uh, with, these, with, with this type of people, uh, having these types of input, having this type of measurement, um, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, you know, as we can see with Agile, as we can see with things like, um, you know, the minimum viable product idea, it, you know, it, it, sometimes the provider is almost embarrassed to release the minimum viable product, but they do so with a very, very clear ambition, which is that not a minute is going to be spent in wasted development time. Yeah. You're only going to be responding back to what people actually want and then finding out what they actually want and making sure that, that user, user voice that you're, you're hearing is actually the right one, is the next trick. But, but having that team, having that quick iteration, and then getting to the final output and outcome, you know, at that point, you're, all you're in is, okay, what's absolutely best practice for what works well in terms of delivery uh, or product development or product management or whatever you're, whatever that yeah, yeah. meant. Other times, um, you know, it may be, let's say a public sector purchase and um, they may well be going through, I don't know, one of their framework agreements because it makes it much quicker um, so they might go, they might use technology services framework, or they might use management consultancy framework. Now for that, it's actually starting with this contract. And so that's the basis of the deal. And so essentially at that point, you need to pivot your eyes, uh, pivot your focus to say, okay, fine. We've just, whatever else has got to happen, we've got to make this contract as being the governing document. So we've got to make it simple to understand. We've got to make it reflective and we've got to make sure so it's, it, it's, it's mutually incentivizing and, and ec ec quite equitable uh, while still protecting. And so essentially at that point, it's a real, it's a bit of a deep dive. You know, what does the contract say? How's it supposed to operate? What do the schedules look like? How can we populate those in the best possible way um, in a good dialogue with the market once again? Until such times we've got a final product, which will then enshrine our delivery. And again, at that point, your project or program plan looks very different because you have to follow a certain procurement methodology, et cetera, because it's dictated and stipulated in the framework. Um, you have to then sort of use your, use your model to get the terms of reference correct for, for filling in the frameworks and the schedules. Um, and then you have to do the training and, 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 uh, and knowledge transfer to all those who are actually going to deliver it to actually understand what the heck the contract says, what it means and how, how that then ensures delivery and governance. For, uh, and how you would report on it, et cetera, from the higher level and get the insights you need to see whether the thing is on track. Um, so so two, two separate sort of starting points there, one legal and commercial as the basis, the other one just delivery as the basis. Both of them work, I mean, absolutely fine. It's always a case of understanding, you know, um, the precise situation in which that transformation is, 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 finds itself 
and then how best can we achieve the ambitions and the timescales and the budgets available? Yeah, I think it was, um, what was it, Stephen Colby that says start with the end in mind, isn't it? And, and, and that's what it is, isn't it? it it's, it's let's be clear about what we need to get to and why we need to get there. I mean, what's the drivers and then come back and make sure that we put everything in place that's going to allow the, the combined entities, third yeah. party organisations, internal stakeholders, departments, or to get into that one clarity, that very, very uh, uh, clear place about how we're going to get there. Exactly. And, then, as you, and as you say, we've got to go along and we know as you go along, stuff happens and, and, and you'll have to change, take a, a, a diversion somewhere along the line. But yeah. actually, if you've got that absolute clarity of, of, of vision and you are operating as one team with that clarity, combined clarity, then you can you you you, you can overcome those obstacles, overcome those diversions really easily. Yeah, 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 absolutely, much easier indeed. And you've you've also got the you've also got the beauty as well of having a senior leadership team understanding what's going on and understanding the rationale for it. And and I find that that uh, particularly by looking at things through this more sort of holistic lens um, and having all of those people in the room, uh, they'll all understand not just their bit. But also how it fits into the jigsaw of the whole, and I, I my personal experience of that that saves so much. Um, a, it saves so much time and uh, um, um, you know frustration perhaps. Uh, but B, um, it just starts things up off with a very 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 good uh, situation. Um, yeah. Equally, Tony, we've we've just talked about stuff at the outset of projects and programs and getting that set up right too. Um, very often, if they are going a bit snaggy. You know, sometimes it, it, it's well, very often actually. Uh, my my experiences come from from that from that lens, and um, uh, and and equally, then it's real case of saying, okay, fine, okay, we, we understand the symptoms, we we understand how this is manifesting. There's delays, there's cost overruns, there's fitness for purpose, there's quality, there's people issues, there's all this other stuff. Um, but the question is really, okay, what are the root causes of all these particular elements, and is it going to be possible for us to um, uh, uh, for us to not only identify the root cause and also what the solution might be, but to get that agreed with all the other players uh, to, to make sure that we can reset this thing, realign and uh, refocus and re-deliver. Um, and equally then the senior leadership team being on board. And sometimes, Tony, it's not, it's not that happy that things can get realigned and re re redone, but having that um, kind of holistic view at that point of exactly where things stand at least allows everybody um, the cognizance to, to understand, okay, fine, actually this one isn't gonna work out very well for us. Best that we just talk about disengaging and doing it a slightly different way. Because I'm sure we've all been stuck in zombie projects where it just can't, you know, it just keeps going and going and going. Um, and, uh, and actually it would just be in everybody's best interest to disengage and, and go about it a different way. And, and, and sometimes just having these, um, having these reviews uh, and, and just getting the data that you need for the insights, you're giving you the clarity and the certainty and, and, and the best options available. Uh, my goodness, saves an awful lot of time and money, um, and most importantly, allows people to then uh, refocus into the business case and the benefits which 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 were originally envisaged, or which might need to be redesigned and re uh, reconsidered. Absolutely, but it is it's it's, it's having access to those data points, isn't it, and that insight into when things are not going according to plan. Let's keep a note of them. Let's, as you say, reflect on them. Let's review them. Um, so the amount, uh, 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 so the mountain's not created out of a molehill type of stuff. Because there's, there's, there's going to be loads of those sort of things, but it's usually a case where they're not, they're not 
covered off early doors and, and, and something else comes on and something else comes on and something else comes on and suddenly what could have got resolved quite easily and quite quickly by getting around the table and chatting it through and understanding what needs to change suddenly becomes a massive, a massive issue and, and then you're almost at loggerheads with, with, with the different parties. Yeah. Um, and, and at that stage, everyone's lost sight of what we're trying to, what, what we're combined, we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And so it's all, it's all about sort of like making sure that we win and you lose. And, and, and that's, that's never a, a, a recipe for success. No, exactly. And, and it gets very positional and then it gets entrenched. And, and it's very, very difficult to dig people out from that perspective. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, a key, a key thing I see on, on uh, again and again, I'm sure we all do, I call, it, I call it watermelon reporting, personally, you know, it's green on the outside and red on the inside. And, uh, um, you know, and so the senior team are seeing green, 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 and then suddenly it goes red everywhere. And, uh, and it's like, wow, what happened there? And so essentially having, uh, just having some assurance in place, which is uh, independent, uh, <laughs> who's able to call stuff out uh, as they see it, is, is, can be incredibly useful. That, that's one yeah. Uh, that's one good thing to, to stop that outcome you mentioned there, Tony. Um, and the other thing um, I found is particularly helpful because, you know, these are, they are commercial arrangements. And um, uh, so it's, it's having both parties understanding, really, I say both parties, you know, but, but everybody actually understanding what their true role is. And, and really, if you start things off on the basis of going, we're going to the market, because we're not experts in the tech, because we're not experts in how to deliver your thing in the best possible way. Yeah, we are experts in what we do currently and, and, and probably where we're trying to get to. Um, but we will be relying very much upon your expertise, Mr. Provider, Mr. Partner, whatever, to help us in these things. And, and so putting upon them, and if, they, you know, if they're a consultant worth their salt, they'll like that role anyway. Yeah, 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 good, I can advise. Um, this is what, this is what, you know, blah, 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 this is what, you know blah, blah, blah. everyone should be happy to do that but as long as there's a sort of uh, i'd say a commercially uh, a contractually sort of enshrining principle in there to say look this is your role um, uh, and so what that means is we, we're wanting you to look around corners for us and to call stuff out for us we're wanting that level of honesty and challenge if we're doing something blooming stupid and again you know the and having that level of honesty and and, and clarity and integrity kind of built into the arrangement and basically going to the market in the first instance and saying, do you know what, if you're not prepared to play that role, we're not really, you're not the partner we're looking for, you know? Yeah. Um, that can be really, really helpful, Tony, because uh, the because at that point, if stuff has been pushed under the carpet, um, you know, there's very little argument at that point. It's kind of, guys, we, we, we'd ask you to actually alert us to this because that's really your space, you know? And yeah. so essentially, you know, not, not to make too big a deal of it, but I found that that is a, is a crucial point, really, because very often, It'll be a, it might be a case of well you told me to do it that way that's not that, that's just not going to work very well because that's you yeah. know if you see what I mean yeah no absolutely and, and, and it reminds me of um, it's it's building that team out isn't it and it's understanding the various roles that each team member plays and actually the strength the, the success will be determined by the strength of the team and the ability of all those individuals to deliver. The, the, the piece of the jigsaw almost and uh, you know, use sporting analogies a lot and um, you know you can have the you can have the best attacking um, players in the world but if you if you've got a leaky defense you're not going to win many games and, yes. and, and it's it's the same principle isn't it of, uh, uh, when, we, when we're looking at transformation programs 
you know, when, when we bring all the various uh, elements of that team together, being clear about what your role is within that team and where we're trying to get to is, is critical in, in determining success. Absolutely, a million percent, a million percent. I do some, um, I do some work with some guys over in the States uh, and Europe called the Standish Group. And um, they've been evaluating success and failure in projects uh, since 1994. And, uh, and, and uh, I, I, I always kept an eye on their data to see what's coming up. It's always been consistent. It's always a, like a, a two thirds success, uh, two, sorry, two, two thirds of projects, uh, one third are successful, let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, one fifth uh, fail completely. And the ones in the middle kind of hit challenges. I, I don't yeah. think that comes as a huge surprise. Um, but equally, they they've also uh, they also feed in their learnings and what and, and what's working better and what isn't. And I found it fascinating that although their field is primarily software projects, um, that after 25 or 26 years of research in 2020, what they published was their final kind of thinking on this. And it's uh, in terms of what is required for things to work well. They said you need three things, uh, a good sponsor, uh, a good sponsor, good teams and a good place. And, and, they, uh, and, and they basically just boxed into those three elements. Now there's, there's, there's obviously um, uh, elements of goodness, if you will, that's articulated under, yeah. those three, under those three headings. But what I found really quite fascinating was although they've, they've um, studied failure for so, so long, technology, uh, and and, and uh, didn't f feature in as 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 one of those uh, as one of those failures, and uh, I reached out to them actually. I said, "Well, um, you know, my experience as well is that you need a, a good uh, a good procurement and a good contract, um, as well as a good team, a good place, and a, and, and and a good sponsor, uh, which 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 they agreed with, and we did a piece on that. But the uh, the the important thing is that the good contracts, the good team, the good supplier relationship management, those good elements." They all fit within the good place, and essentially, you know, you've got that you've, you've got that good uh, place thing happening, whereby the project and the program has the level of backing, but also the level of ice not isolation, um, but support C cotton wool, if you will, whereby they can just go and focus and get their stuff done, um, and a good sponsor will kind of shield them yeah, to yeah. a certain extent and have the necessary conversations around the business. And uh, I, I, I personally found that to be a really interesting uh, finding from them, uh, and, and I think helpful too, because uh, so much of it is to do with the people, and uh, and, and, and how that all. But I think I, I think you're absolutely right. The the, the role of the sponsor um, is 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 essential, um, and we've all had experiences of sponsors taking on the responsibility, but not really believing in the programme or whatever they've been. They didn't duck the head quick enough at the board meeting when it was uh, when it was allocated. Um, but equally, we've all, I'm sure we've all had experience of, of working with a really, really good sponsor that will give you that space and will be that buffer and will keep the team uh, uh, giving that sort of space for the team to work in isolation and and take all the flat from the rest of the business, uh, and 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 that's that's absolutely absolutely critical. Yeah, um, exactly, exactly. And so often, uh, and without that, without that good sponsor, it's I go so far as to suggest it's hardly worth really embarking because yeah. it's so important to have. Um, uh, it's so important to have that uh, that level of executive sponsorship because these things are expensive. You know, transformational. You know, big transformational programs, they require so much to go right for them to be successful. 
and, uh, and and having that sponsorship and knowing you've got that baked in at the outset is uh, is is really the key I'd say for, a, for for someone to know they've they've, they've whether something is stacking up well for them or yeah. otherwise. Totally yeah. agree. So we um, fascinating discussion. Thank you very much. Uh, we we always finish with one final question, which is what's your one takeaway? Um, what's the what's the one thing that you feel is uh, absolutely essential in in delivering successful transformation? Yeah, I'd, I'd say really for for successful transformation you need a clear understanding of where you are now a clear understanding of where you want to be a clear understanding of why and those outcomes and then a very robust bridge to understand all the elements that need to be transported from one side to the other successfully for it to be delivered well brilliant that's a, an excellent way to uh, to end this uh, end this podcast well thank you very much richard thank you tony it's been a pleasure Thank you, Richard. That was great. Uh, again, a very different uh, perspective um, um, that we've introduced today, and one I'm sure will lead to much discussion in the future um, with um, those operating in change and transformation. So I'm sure we'll get some questions and uh, look forward to um, responding to those with you in due course. If you haven't already, please check out the Transformation Leaders Hub. It's a place where change and transformation leaders come together, share experiences, get involved with uh, new opportunities and really um, build their network and, and build relationships. And as we know, relationships create opportunities. So uh, definitely a place to go and check out if you haven't already. Um, with that, um, I look forward to seeing you again in a couple of weeks' time with the next Inside Track podcast. Thank you very much. Bye.